Welcome everyone to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. I hope everyone is having a great day. I sure am because it is the first ever episode that I am recording using my new podcast microphone. I'm really excited. I got a brand new set and I'm looking forward to being able to use it here on this podcast and on the other podcast shows that I do as well. Before I introduce my guest today, I do want to remind everyone, if you have not yet followed the podcast on social media, I invite you to do so. You can find it at The 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, I invite you to check out the new YouTube channel. You can find it at The 209 Journey. In addition to having all the podcast episodes on there, I am also going to be uploading videos of things to do in The 209, highlighting businesses, doing interviews as well. So you'll definitely want to make sure that you're tuned in to the channel to find out what new content gets posted. So let's go ahead and get started with episode 25 of the Tone and Journey podcast. On the podcast today is Karen Garcia. She is currently the talent acquisition at the San Francisco Giants Community Fund. And in addition to that, she grew up in Patterson. So she is our very first guest that is actually from the Patterson area, which is really awesome because I myself grew up close to the area. So I am well familiar with that city in particular. So let's go ahead and introduce our special guest tonight. Welcome to a 209 Journey, Kaden. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, really happy to be able to have my new mic set because I've been wanting to have a, a more legit mic set. I know it's probably sounding close to the same, but you know I'm trying to, you know, get away from my like 2020 mic set that you know was probably all rusty now at this point and actually having something good. No, yeah, of course. I'm sure those upgrades are really nice to have every now and then. So that's great. Yeah, and it's my episode 25 for this podcast, right? So it's like, well, what better way than to uh, you know, start it off with uh, a good mic? <laughs> yeah, I did see that at the beginning. It was episode 25, so it's very cool. Yeah, well, thank you for, for being on. And as I mentioned earlier in the intro, you're from Patterson. I grew up near Patterson, so I want to hear a little bit more about what it was for you growing up there. I know that you moved there right when you were little. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was actually born in San Jose, California. So roughly for the first five years of my life, I really went back and forth from San Jose to Morelia, Michoacan in Mexico, which is actually where my family is from. And so we finally settled down here in Patterson around 2005. So all my family decided to move over here. And uh, it was a brand new town. You know, it's nothing like what it is today. You know, I remember we really only had like the Save Mart shopping center that we have today. And now we've grown into different, you know, we have Walmart. I know you and I were talking about that earlier as well. You know, we have a lot of nice businesses that have really grown here during the time that I've grown up as well. So it's really been nice to see this town evolve to what it is today. Um, our schools are getting so much bigger and we've, you know, added a lot there. So, you know, seeing how much has changed since 2005, it's really, really crazy to see. So I'm really happy to still be living here with my family and being able to kind of give back to the community in many ways that I can. But, you know, I remember I was starting elementary school, Apricot Valley Elementary, and that was a brand new school when I had first moved here. And I was one of the first kindergarten classes actually to be able to attend. So I remember when I graduated from Patterson High School, that class was the first one to go through elementary to middle school to high school. So it was really, really cool to be able to go through that 
with all, a lot of the classmates that I still spoke to at that time. Wow, that's awesome to go from, I mean, not that many people could say that, right? You started off yeah. in school and you kind of went on from there. And that, you know, I remember a time when Patterson only had like one elementary school and like one middle school. So everyone kind of had to go to the same thing. And well, not just like the high school too. And I was supposed to go there and my journey led me back to my hometown. But it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's really changed so much and well it continues to as well right with amazon i know you yeah. worked for them too right so uh, tell me more about that internship in particular and did it have anything to do with the fact that like amazon was there in patterson uh, a little bit yeah so i actually uh, you know of course we, with a lot of the uh, logistics centers that we have here growing in patterson as well i started to get a little bit familiar with those when I was in college. And of course, I came across Amazon, I didn't realize how big it was until I actually got into college. And I was like, well, this is a pretty big business, you know, because it was still fairly, fairly new at that time. And you know, we were really lucky to have a, a facility here in Patterson. Uh, but I actually had the opportunity to work at the one in Stockton. Um, and I really, I just applied online, and I came across uh, the internship opportunities, I actually had a uh, I was a human resource assistant at the facility. So I, in school, I actually minored in human resources. So it was really cool to be able to have an internship during my undergraduate and something that I really wanted to study and it kind of exposed me a little bit more into the business world at Amazon and of course, what HR really was as a role, as a whole. And so that was really cool to have. So I did have to commute to Stockton for that internship, but I still, you know, absolutely loved going in person and being able to meet new individuals because a lot of the ones that uh, I worked with at Amazon in Stockton actually went to Stan State as well. And a lot of them were from the Patterson area. So it was really just like we had expanded out to Stockton, but it was uh, a summer internship. So I was there from about May to late um, July, I believe. And it was really cool to be able to be there and, you know, enter, you know, those facilities. They're, they're so high tech to see everything that's going on and, you know, how everything functions from start to finish and really be able to kind of question, you know, their logistics centers a little bit, you know, how can processes be improved? I think that's really what I was there is to kind of focus, you know, how can processes be improved there? So it was really, really cool, amazing experience. Yeah, that sounds really interesting because, I mean, we all know Amazon, how busy they are, and yeah. it seems like they're building a new center, like, <laughs> every day, right? And Yeah, there's uh, one in Turnlock uh, now, actually, which I think opened up earlier or late last year. So, yeah, they're definitely growing and expanding even here in the Central Valley, too, which I think is just amazing because it really does provide a lot of business opportunities for, for folks who are graduating from, you know, Modesto Junior College or Stan State as well. Yeah, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't want to be quoted for this too, but I feel like they're probably the biggest employer in the two hundred nine. But probably, I want yeah. to say, yeah, with all the <laughs> with yeah. all the ones that they've been building, and we just need one here in Modesto. I keep saying that, like, <laughs> find a spot, <laughs> make one here too, and let's let's get more of uh, our people here to also work there and not have to drive really far, right? And give yeah, them more opportunities. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because you do see that a lot happen where 
a lot of graduates who go to school here in the Central Valley have to, you know, take their talent to the Bay Area to really, you know, be able to shine. So I really do love seeing more and more bigger corporations coming here to the Central Valley and giving us more businesses and more opportunities, especially, you know, internship opportunities for those who are still in school. I think it's really awesome to be able to see talent really stay here and thrive in the Valley because I think that's really what it's all about, right? You growing your small town, especially when you're from there, you really want to give it all all your knowledge, all your experience, and make it, you know, a better place for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, re- represent your small tone, like proudly, because, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people are looking at you, like I always say that. And, you know, it feels great to be able to say like, hey, I grew up in a small town, and now I'm here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you told me that you went to school for HR, right? That was what the internship was. So what interests you like the most to like pick HR? Yeah, of course. So I did, of course, my business degree and uh, bachelor's in business administration, and then you had to pick a concentration. So I chose human resources. And really, one of the reasons why I decided to go into HR was just because of really what it would stand for, you know, being able to give employers or candidates or individuals as a whole who are working at companies the opportunity to give them resources and I learned a lot through that at my Amazon internship because a lot of the folks who were working at the facility didn't really speak uh, English you know some of them needed that Spanish uh, uh, person to be able to communicate with and so that's where I kind of came in and I was just like wow this is amazing because if I was here to communicate and be able to translate a lot of our resources and a lot of our uh, of course benefits that we offer to associates who are working at the facility you know how else would they be aware you know what's available to them and what really they can utilize to their best ability to you know work effectively and so you know that really sparked my eye and my interest into going into HR as a whole I wanted to kind of continue doing that type of work of being able to support individuals in their workspace, giving them the resources that they need to grow, giving them training opportunities, because of course, that's uh, really important to, you know, when you're working, you, of course, want to grow and, you know, grow in that space and be able to learn new skills and, of course, be able to just grow it as a whole and personal and personal life as well. So I was really passionate about that. And my sister actually works uh, in human resources as well. And so I learned a lot from her about what her day to day life was. And it just really interested me, especially at a young age. I am a first generation college student. So, you know, my parents didn't really go to college and I couldn't really you know, pick a career through them because I they, they didn't have a whole profession that they followed throughout their life and their teens as well. And so I really kind of just went in there very blindly. And what made sense to me was, you know, following in my sister's footsteps. And I really do admire her. And, you know, I, her and I really talk a lot about, you know, our careers and how we can grow each other. So, you know, being able to see her go through that first, and I was just like, wow, I want to do that. So I'm going to go follow what you're doing. And and that's exactly what I did. So it was really amazing to have her sort of as, you know, um, someone to look up to uh, throughout college. Oh, that's really awesome. Uh, You know, I think I can relate to you on that too, first generation as well, and always being the translator at jobs, right? It's like the go-to. I'm sure you probably have done the same thing with other jobs too, right? Where yeah. they're like, hey, like <laughs> translate <laughs> for us. And, and you're just right there. Or you even offer already like, hey, you need translations? I'll be here. Yeah. And honestly, I absolutely love it because it makes me think, you know, if I didn't have the ability to speak Spanish, like how else would we get the word out about this? How else would people be aware, you know, we're offering this specific program or this specific resource? And yeah, I've been able, I've been like 
the Spanish speaker for all my jobs. And it's been great. You know, my first language is actually Spanish, uh, especially as going back and forth from Mexico to San Jose. When I was younger, I was really able to speak fluently in Spanish. And when I got into school, when I went here to Apricot Elementary School, I knew nothing about how to speak English. And it was a really, really hard transition, you know, and I know I see so many people go through that same, uh, those same challenges of not being, you know, English speakers first, and you know, they're, they're native Spanish speakers, and you really have to pick up that new culture, that new language, and it's really, really hard. And so when I finally learned how to speak English, I was like, I'm never speaking Spanish again. I never want to forget English. <laughs> and so when I got to high school, I had to take, you know, Spanish one, Spanish two uh, to be able to relearn Spanish. But I'm so, so glad that I did that because it's been able to help me in my career so, so much and really make me stand out and be able to help, you know, a larger group of people. So it's been amazing. Yeah, no, that's really good because they do say, I mean, yeah, if you don't practice a language or you stop speaking it, you yeah. could like lose it. And uh, it's it's good that you kind of caught on to that. And yeah, I mean, you picked it up again real quick, I'm sure, because you already knew it, right? It was just like a, a refresher. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you also have your sister for inspiration. You know, I, I think that I always say as college graduates, you know, a lot of us are leading the way for, you know, not just family, but other people that are like, like seeing us too. And especially being first generation, I think you're kind of setting the bar of like, hey, I did this now. I think you could do it too. Because <laughs> it's like, I struggled more than you did. And, you know, now, you you know, there's no excuse not to, especially when they see you you know, being a role model, you know, having all these different jobs and really enjoying what you do as a career, right? Which is the goal for all of us, right? Yeah, of course. And yeah, absolutely. I I come from a really big family. So I actually have four siblings, two older siblings, and then two younger siblings. So I have two who are younger than me. So yeah, they are seeing everything that, you know, me and my older sister, and my older brother have done. And so at this point, you know, they have someone to lean on and ask questions to and really kind of see what path should I take because we all three of us that the older ones have taken different paths in life so I think it's really amazing to kind of set that bar and set that example for my two younger siblings to really say you know there's so many ways you can go in life you know there's so many different careers that you could pick from so many things you can study so it's really cool to see or what what they'll end up doing my two younger siblings. I know you mentioned earlier uh, Apricot Elementary, and with Apricot, we know that Patterson is known as the capital of apricots, and there is the annual Apricot Fiesta. So I got to ask you, like, do you have memories? What What are like some of your favorite memories going to the fiesta? Yeah, of course. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Actually, I had completely forgot. But yeah, as you probably know, we didn't have Apricot Fiesta for about two years because of COVID pandemic. So I think last year was the first time we had it again. And so it was really cool to, you know, everybody knows, you know, whether they move away from the from Patterson, they know that they have to come back during that weekend to kind of see everybody. It's like a big reunion. So I know this past year, uh, you know, given that I graduated high school in 2018, it was really nice to see a lot of my old classmates come back and, you know, kind of say hello, catch up. It was really, really really nice because it just brought it just reminded me of how when I was younger you know still in high school middle school me and my friend my group of friends used to go to the apricot fiesta and you know really be living downtown in Patterson that entire weekend and just kind of enjoying those memories as a young child and being able to kind of 
you know, be out late and, you know, go out to eat together and, you know, just do crazy things that we probably shouldn't have been doing <laughs> when we were in high school and middle school. But it's amazing. And, you know, I really grew up with the same group of friends all throughout elementary. And I think that's one of the amazing things about growing up in a small town is you see everybody grow up with you. And so, you know, my three, four group of friends, girlfriends that I have today, um, we went to elementary school together. So, you know, we've really grown through that. And, you know, we went to middle school together. And once we were finally old enough to go out, you know, with our parents' permission, we would go to Apricot Fiesta. And we would really spend so much time together and, you know, create those memories that we are able to look back on today. And so this past year, when we were able to go back and enjoy the Fiesta, Apricot Fiesta, of course, it was really nice to kind of, you know, it was a full circle moment, you know, you come so far, and you now you're older, and you know, you're still able to have as much fun with them. And I'm glad that it's still ongoing, right? Because uh, I I don't know the exact history of like when the first year was that it started, but I want to say I, I mean I don't know. Do you know more about like how long it is it's gone for? Oh, it's gone by. It's gone for years. I don't remember the exact number, but I I know it has to be around fifty plus years for sure. Because I know. Yeah, it's been around for quite some time because even I remember when I was younger and I'm probably 20 years max that I've it's been around. But yeah, it's been around for quite some time. I hope it keeps going. I hope that nothing ever changes it. And, you know, yeah. I mean, with the pandemic, I guess that was understandable. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good to still have those traditions that I think can get lost, you know, with other cities or when cities grow and people are more like siloed to like their own neighborhood or they don't really want to go out it's nice that they still have that small town tradition right of every year yeah i agree it is sort of like a tradition and everybody knows you know we got to get out there enjoy our time together and really just kind of reminisce you know on you know when we were younger and being able to make those new memories now that we're older so yeah i agree so looking at your education this one really stood out to me and that is Harvard Business School, you went there for a month or you did a program there. Tell me more about like how you found out about it and how the program was. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, that always surprises people when they then they they see that I've gone to Harvard. But yeah, it's honestly one of my most favorite memories. Uh, you know, as soon as I graduated, I automatically started to immediately started to look at MBA programs because I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. And so I was doing research one day and just kind of looking to see, you know, what MBA program is, what graduate school looks like, because at that point, you know, my older sister didn't have a chance to go to grad school. So I knew I would have been the first one. So I kind of had to figure everything out on my own there. Uh, and so I just started to do Google searches and I came across I was just looking and looking at programs and it didn't really seem real to me um, until I actually came back from my internship in D.C. When I came back, I actually had a lunch with um, the president of my university, President Ellen Jun. She's absolutely amazing. And so I went to lunch with her when I came back. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about because, of course, I was going to graduate very soon. And so we were talking a little bit about uh, what my future plans were in terms of school, in terms of career, profession, you know, what I was really going to focus on uh, after graduating. And so I told her, you know, I really want to go get my MBA at Stan State because that's all that I really knew. You know, I love Stan State. I That's, you know, a school that I really grew up in. And, you know, I, I just want I had my mindset, you know, that was my dream MBA school. And so when I talked to her about that, she was like, you belong at Harvard. She was like, look at Harvard. She's like, you belong there. And when she told me that, I was like, 
there's no way I'm going there. Like, I don't know if you really know me, but there's no way I'm going there. And so she was like, just look at it. You know, I'll, we'll talk about it. You know, tell me what you find. What are the requirements? Where do you stand with those requirements? And then we'll go from there. And so, yeah, I did my research as soon as I got home from that lunch that I had with her. And I looked at this program, which is the SBMP program. It's the summer venture and management program for pre MBA students who are interested in going to uh, business school at Harvard Business School. And so I came across that program and the application deadline was coming up very soon. So I talked to her about it and she was like, yeah, like just apply, you know, that that's actually an amazing program because you don't even have to be enrolled in the actual MBA program. You just go for a couple of weeks and you see how the program is, see how the school is and all that fun stuff. And you get to experience it as an MBA student without actually, you know, paying for anything because this was a free, completely free program. Uh, Harvard Business School pays for housing, they pay for meals, uh, and they even paid for some of my transportation. So I was fully covered. And so I was really interested in the program at that point. And so she was fully supportive of me. And I admire uh, the pres- President Jen so, so, so much. She's, she's amazing. And so when I was looking to apply, uh, it was asking for like letters of recommendation, sort of like a work authorization form as well. So at that time, I was working with the Giants. And I remember like, I didn't want to tell anybody that I was going to apply to this program because I knew I was going to get rejected. And the bottom of my heart, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get accepted into this program. So I was a little bit embarrassed to ask my manager, hey, can you fill out these forms for me to apply to Harvard Business School's program? Because I just felt like everybody was going to laugh at my face. Like, what is this girl thinking? You know, going to apply to this big school that, you know, hardly anybody ever gets in. And so I just took the jump and I remember talking to my manager at the time about it. And I was like, can you please fill out this form? But I didn't tell her what the form was for. I just like, can you please fill out the form? And then she responded to me. She's like, hey, Karen. Yeah, I filled out the form for Harvard Business School. And I was like, oh, no, like now she knows what I'm applying to. And so, yeah, a few weeks go by. And I didn't tell even my family because, again, I was so embarrassed. Like, I didn't even want to say it out loud because I was really embarrassed that I knew I was going to get rejected and tell everybody, oh, I applied to this program. And a few weeks go by and I, what's it called? Results go go out to emails. And I remember opening my application and it said, you know, congratulations. And I was like, I almost passed out in my room. I was like, congratulations. I was like, there's no way. And I kept reading through the letter, the admission letter that they sent over to us. You know, you've been admitted to the program. Like, we're so excited to have you. And I was just like, there's no way like I was so in disbelief that that had happened to me. And, you know, the first person uh, that I wanted to tell was my manager, because, you know, throughout my uh, college studies, you know, my manager and the Giants have been so supportive of me. And they are really the ones who gave me the opportunity to do what I do today. And so I really owed a lot of, you know, being able to get admitted into the program to them. And so I wanted to tell my manager first, she, I wanted her to be the first one to know. And of course, President Jen, there was just a long list of people that I wanted to thank, you know, for supporting me in, in that journey. Um, but yeah, they were one of the first people to know. And, you know, I later told my family and nobody believed me. Uh, nobody believed me. Uh, and I was so excited to like share the news with my friends and uh, everybody that, you know, kind of knew my journey up until then, um, because it was, of course, something amazing to share. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd want to just go out and <laughs> let everyone know, post it everywhere and <laughs> take a picture of the letter. I'm sure you probably took a picture of the letter too, just to be like, hey, here. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I posted it everywhere. As soon as like all my close friends and family who I really wanted to be, you know, get the news from me. After that, I posted it everywhere and everybody was like, there's no way like Karen's going, you know, to Harvard, you know, business school. And then, yeah, like a couple of weeks after that, I flew out to Boston. At Cambridge, I think the school's in Cambridge. I flew out to Cambridge and it was just such an, like, I still feel like I blacked out during a lot of the times that I was there. Like a lot of the things is just like, I don't remember it because it all really felt like a dream to me. Like being able to go there. I had never been uh, to Matt, to Cambridge or Boston before. That was my first time ever going there. And so I really didn't even know what to expect. You know, all I knew was Harvard was this big Ivy League school, like, very, very rare people get to go even inside the classrooms. And so so having the opportunity to walk up, you know, through those Harvard gates, like it was very emotional for me. Unfortunately, I did have to go by myself. You know, I couldn't take anybody. So, you know, I got on that flight. That was my first time ever traveling by myself. I got on that flight, got to the, got to the campus and I checked into my dorm. I had like this huge suite that was just humongous, like that I had all to myself that uh, the school gave to us for the week. Uh, and it was amazing because, you know, that suite that I had for a Harvard Business School was bigger than my own room. Like I had my own bathroom, like something that I don't have now at home. So it all really just felt like a dream. And, you know, the cohort, the cohort that I was with during the program were just so incredible. They were so amazing to learn from during the classes because, you know, it was a program, you know, we had classes that we had to attend, we had events that we would go to, like a lot of it was just planned amazingly by, of course, the Harvard Business School, um, the team there, it was just so amazing to learn from the professors too. And it absolutely blew my mind, you know, how um, amazing this education was, you know, of course, it compared close to nothing to what we really get at Stan State. You know, the mm. professors are just so next level. They're so engaging and they really make you think. And one of the really cool things that I learned at Harvard Business School was sort of um, the cold call method, which is like you get into classrooms and professors just cold call you and like mm. expect you to know answers. <laughs> and I was so nervous for that because of course we had a lot of homework that we had to do during the program. And I knew that I felt like a part of me didn't really fit into the program either because of my background and where I was coming from. You know, when I got there, no one had even, nobody knew where Patterson was. And it was just really funny to have to explain to them and pull up the map and like have to zoom in so, so, so close and be like, this is where I'm from. And, you know, you zoom in and there's no city nearby. It's all farmland. And they're just be like, well, where do you live? Like, um, and I'm trying to explain to them, you know, I'm from Patterson. And it was just, this crazy feeling to be able to talk to other students who went to other Ivy Leagues, other really, really top, mm -hmm. top schools here in the United States. And, you know, I just went to Stan State, which, yes, is a great school. But compared to all the other schools that were, you know, present in the program, I felt like I didn't have the ability to compete at the level that the other students did. But everybody was so welcoming. Everybody was like very vocal and wanted to hear from everybody. And I wasn't expecting that at all. I just felt you know, so much peer pressure, just like I didn't feel like I belonged there. But the more and more I went to the classes, and the more I talked to the students and the professors, I realized like, maybe I do belong here, maybe I can, you know, be challenged here and learn here. And maybe this is a place for me. And so at the end of the program, I really just 
left. I was crying the whole time. I was so emotional. So when I finally had to come back home, I was just so, so heartbroken because I just knew that I had to leave this amazing experience behind. But I really wanted to just stay there forever because it all was just so incredible and all just felt like a dream. So I still think about, you know, my time at Harvard Business School. And I love, you know, being able to tell that story of, you know, if I can do it, you know, anybody can do it because, you know, I might not come from the best schools. I might not come from the best cities, towns, but, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And I think that's really important to remember and everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. And always, you know, apply, you know, you don't lose anything. And I mean, I guess you just lose time and <laughs> filling yeah. out the applications, but you just never know. Right. And all the people, yeah. like you said, that are like, well, you can only dream or like, why waste your time with that? It's not going to go anywhere. You know, every time people say that, it doesn't matter like what they're talking about. I always say, well, you know, if everyone thought that way, then no one would get into something or would get that job. But, you know, you you don't know until you try. And if it doesn't work out, at least you could say that, you know, you put the effort in and not regret it later. Right. And be like, I could have done that, but I, I was too scared yeah. to to fail, basically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a part of me during the time that I was there, I wish I could have my family there. I wish I could have taken, you know, my parents to experience that. I mean, just even seeing the campus, let alone was just beautiful. It was breathtaking. And so uh, during my time there, when I had my breaks uh, in between classes, I would FaceTime my mom and I'd be like, Mom, like, look where I am. <laughs> like, she was just like, you know, tears of joy. It was just so incredible to see, you know, a daughter uh, of immigrants from Mexico and, you know, a first generation student make it all the way to Harvard Business School in, in Cambridge. So it it was just an incredible, surreal moment for me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you had really good mentors. I mean, shout out to Ellen John. She's really awesome. I haven't had the chance to like speak for too long to her, but I know that, you know, she's done a great job uh, at Stan State and now she's retiring. You probably already know about yeah. that, right? So it's you know, happy retirement to her, but hopefully they can hire someone who's uh, just as great as her. So Yeah, I agree. She's incredible. So I want to go back a year before. Now we're going to go back a little bit back in time. But you mentioned, uh, you know, going to D.C., being an intern at the House of Representatives. So tell me more about like how you found out about that opportunity and, you know, what it was like to intern and just be in in those halls. Yeah, of course. Uh, this was probably my favorite internship that I did during my undergrad. Actually, I remember I first heard about the program uh, via an email to my uh, school's email. The Career Center sends out a bunch of emails, so make sure everybody listening read your emails because they send out they send out amazing opportunities for students. And that's actually where I found out about this internship opportunity. And it, uh, I remember I was reading it through, and it said like deadline was like in two days. And I was like, Oh, man, I have to turn in an application like as soon as possible. So yeah, I worked on my application. And I don't come from a very political science background. Mind you, I am a business student. I, I my concentration was in human resources. So I knew I didn't really have a, a, a chance here either. But I still, you know, I wanted to take that jump. I take a lot of jumps in life, uh, as you probably figured this out. But I, I just really love to challenge myself. And that's what I decided to do with this internship. You know, I really jumped for it. And I remember my first couple rounds of interviews, one of my interviews was actually with President Chun. Uh, and she was amazing. And I remember when we were talking, she was just like, well, what do you know about the government? And I was like, honestly, not much. Like, I am not very knowledgeable, but I am very, very passionate about public service. And that's something that I think really stood out in my application of how much 
I cared about my community, how much I wanted to give back in my career and in the future and just continue to, you know, just be involved in whatever that I can and be able to support and give back, I think is something that really stood out to them, um, the, the people who were interviewing me. And so I ended up going to be like the top three, one of the top three applicants. Uh, and so I was, uh, Ellen John had to pick between me and two others, I believe at the end. And so I ended up getting picked and I was absolutely like blown away that I was going to be given this opportunity because much like my Harvard business school one, this one was also fully paid. Uh, they took care of meals. They took care of housing. They took care of transportation and flights. And of course they placed us uh, in an in office uh, in Congress. And so again, it was just the most amazing opportunity for me to be able to jump on because I feel that a lot of the reason why some students here in the Valley, they don't take advantage of those opportunities is because they might not have or think that they have the 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 funding opportunities, right? They think they're going to have to pay out of pocket for some of these things and, you know, have to pay for housing, have to pay for food, have to pay for transportation. But a lot of these opportunities are actually free of cost. You know, it just is involved. It's, a lot of it is just, you know, doing your research and, you know, asking questions. And so that's what the case was for this internship opportunity. And uh, I actually, the or place that I interned for was the Panetta Congressional Institute in Monterey, Bay. Uh, and so my first two weeks of the internship, I actually had the opportunity to go live on campus. Uh, and it was sort of a training orientation to get us prepared for what we were going to be facing in Washington, D.C., uh, because I went to intern in 2021 around August. Uh, and it was, you know, the political atmosphere during this time was was very, very hectic, you know, to, to put it in better words, it was very, very hectic. Uh, and so a lot was going on on Capitol Hill during the time that I was. And a lot of us, we had never seen what we were seeing in years, you know, in decades. And so the the professors who were preparing us to go out to our offices, you know, were being very mindful of that and trying to give us the best knowledge experience that we were going to need when we made it out to Capitol Hill. Um, it was about 20, a cohort of 25 students. Each student was chosen by the university president for each CSU in California. So it was about 25 of us who were going to travel over to Washington, D.C., um, and yeah, we left, I believe it was late August, probably the 21st. And I remember when we first landed, that was my first time actually even leaving the state of California. And I had to leave again, my family. And it was so heartbreaking for me because I get very homesick. And, you know, being away, I was gone away for about three months. It was going to be really hard for me, you know, being without my family during that time. But I flew out to Washington, D.C. with a complete, you know, group of strangers, but they actually turned out to be like one of my closest friends that I'm still really close with today. And, you know, um, they were just incredible leaders on their own in their own communities. But we flew out to Washington, D.C. We got there like, I believe, a Sunday. And that next Monday, we had to go to work at our offices. But that Sunday when we landed, I remember they placed it as, at as a hotel that was, you know, right down the street from Capitol Hill. So as soon as we landed, we dropped our bags and like we ran to to go see uh, the Capitol. And I remember, you know, I only really saw the Capitol in history books. You know, that's really where I only think thought of it as. And so I remember when I was walking up to Capitol Hill, you know, I saw it was already dark. It was late. And I saw the huge, you know, white dome lit up in the sky. And I just remember like crying again I'm a very emotional crier whenever I go through these things I, I cry a lot but I remember I just saw it and I was just like so amazed to think that I was going to be here and be working inside of there right and I 
a part of me, I just felt so lucky to be there. And I remember uh, a couple of the other girls that were with me during my time there. We just sat there for like hours, just staring at the dome and just crying. And we were all in disbelief because we all came from very similar backgrounds, right? First generation students, uh, a daughter of immigrants. And I think it was a very similar feeling that we were all we all had together and to just kind of go through that together was very empowering to all of us and really we had a really good support group throughout our internship there which is something that we really needed because we had no idea you know what we were about to face together and so you know that next Monday I went to work Uh, I was working for a congress member uh, in the democratic caucus uh, and I remember you know I was so nervous I had never had to dress like super professional to work but there you had to dress like really really nice and you know be really prepared and and all that good stuff. And so I remember I walked into the office and I was so nervous. I was just like shaking. And I was just like, why am I so nervous? Like, I don't understand. Like I've worked before, you know, I've done presentations, like I'm really good at that stuff, but I was just so nervous. And I think a part of that was just, again, that sense of not belonging there because nobody knew where Patterson was. Nobody knew where I was coming from. Nobody knew where Stan State was even at. (laughs) And so it it just, I felt like I had to prove myself a lot of the time uh, that I felt like I I belonged there. Right. And so, yeah, but it turned out to be the cohort that I was with. They were absolutely amazing. Everybody was uh, just so incredible there. And the office that I got to work with, I was actually the only girl in the office. It was a uh, all boys office, which was really fun because they are just a great time. They were hilarious and they were so supportive of me and everything, you know, they, threw a lot of projects at me, but I really think they were just trying to get me as much experience as I possibly could get. So I had the opportunity to do a lot of amazing stuff, attend a lot of amazing events on Capitol Hill. I think one of my favorite ones I was able to attend was uh, the Democratic Spouses Fall Event Dinner at the Library of Congress. And I was a volunteer at that event. And really, my job was just to welcome a lot of uh, the Congress members and and their spouses. And so I was just there at the bottom of the staircase that uh the library of congress and i would just like wave and i'd be like hello like welcome but i absolutely loved it because i got to see you know at the time uh, speaker of the house nancy pelosi mm-hmm. you know i got to meet a lot of cool members of congress uh during my time there and so it was just an amazing amazing experience that i got to get well uh, now i'm trying to figure out what's more awesome that or harvard now i think it's <laughs> it's kind of hard to, <laughs> to figure out what's yeah. more awesome <laughs> Yeah, no. And I mean, it's just like those opportunities, you will never really get back. Of course, I had to take the semester off to be able to go and do that, uh, that internship, but it was absolutely worth it. You know, I got school credit for it. And so I took full advantage of that. But walking through the halls of Congress was just, I would purposely get lost sometimes just so I could find my way out. And at the end, I would have to ask security for help because I didn't know my way out of there. But that place is just huge. And there's so many like underground tunnels that you have to go through. And it was just an incredible experience to just see it all really come to life because all of these things I really only dreamt about when I was little, you know, a lot of, a lot of these things I never even imagined that I would be able to see in person. And so seeing these things for the first time was absolutely incredible. And during my time there, I actually had the chance to travel to New York to New York. Um, I absolutely fell in love with the city and, you know, never saw that place in my entire life. None of my family had the chance to even see it. And so being able to experience this, you know, firsthand for the first time, it was a dream. It was, that's all I could really describe it as. <laughs> it was just a dream. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, I mean, very few people can actually even step inside or, you know, go to places that you got to go to as well. Right. So you feel like 
like you have more memories than people can make if even if we just go right because if you go it's just like outside and taking pictures of everything yeah. outside but to go inside it's like you have to have like a a reason right yeah and i felt so cool i had a badge for uh, congress so i had like a cool work badge and i just like i wanted to show it <laughs> off to everybody but of course for security reasons you couldn't but it was just really amazing and you know every day that i was there i got to help a lot of constituents in the in the congress uh, with the congress offices that i was working with and it was really amazing to be able to help support and again you know my spanish skills really came in hand to be able to help those constituents who were only spanish speakers uh, so i think that was a really important perspective to bring to the office and overall bring to the internship program and capitol hill as a whole because even today it's not a very diverse place so I mean, like I mentioned, I was the only woman in my office at the time that I was working there. And, you know, that speaks volume. You know, I think there needs to be a lot of changes that happen, especially, you know, in our government. But, you know, to be able to experience that firsthand, it was really incredible. And I'm still in touch with the office that I was working with. Uh, a lot of I'm telling you, those people are just incredible and they're always willing to help. And the Congress uh, member that I worked with was also incredible. You know, he would always ask me and questioned me and he'd be like he actually told me one of the days that I was working there he was like you need to have a journal and you need to journal every single day here because when you're older you're going to want to remember every single day and so that's exactly what I did when I would get off work I would journal in a notebook and I would try to remember everything that I could from the day that happened and yeah I have a lot of notes and there's a lot of specific dates and times that I want to remember because it all just flew by in a snap of a fingers and my congress member was just so amazing so supportive of everything so yeah incredible experience yeah well i'm glad that you got to experience that and represent our stance day and yeah i mean that's got to feel good right to be able to say that you know out of all the people that apply because i'm sure i mean it was more than the three right that were selected it was probably like a lot of people that you know try to to be there that you know you got to get chosen right out of like just I'm trying to think how many like people actually attend Stan State, but at least probably like 10,000, I want to say, like on yeah. and off. Yeah, it was a very highly competitive program, I will say. So again, I was really lucky to be able to give be given the opportunity and the trust, you know, from the president to be able to represent Stan State as a whole, especially in Washington, D.C. So I really tried to give back. I know I spoke to the candidate for 2022 uh, who went out to represent Stanton State at the, the last year's internship. And, you know, I really give back and I try to, uh, you know, share as much knowledge. I was able to get to gain the best tips that I could possibly give anybody on, you know, how to really get the most out of your experience out there. And so I, I still in communication, communication with the team that chooses those candidates to, again, it's really important to me to be able to give back because I think that's what it's all about is creating sort of that chain, you know, you know, mm -hmm. I went through that. So I want others to have a really good experience and make sure they're prepared to face that head on and, you know, everything that I do. And even with the Harvard Business School program, I tell everybody to apply. I'm just like, apply. If you have questions, <laughs> let me know. You know, I will help you. I will review your application. I will get you to who you need to talk to because I think everybody deserves to go through those very, very similar experiences too. Yeah, and that's how we get more people, more first-generation students, uh, those opportunities, right? It takes us to speak about them and, you know, be there to be a role model, right? Like I mentioned earlier, too. Yeah. Well, now I want to talk about the Giants, right? I mean, everyone knows them. They've won multiple, like, World Series and whatnot. But tell me more about, like, 
how that opportunity came about and also like the different roles that you've had because i know you've had like three roles now right yeah 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 i have i've actually grown up in the giants uh i'm telling you i actually started uh, in 2019 so uh i have the opportunity to actually work in the giants community fund which is the official nonprofit organization of the san francisco giants so our front offices are at Oracle park in san francisco so we have the opportunity to work you know a lot with the giants uh, as part of the giants community fund but the Giants Community Fund really has a lot of nonprofit programs, free programs for communities all along Northern California. And some of our programs even go into Nevada and Oregon. So we really try to serve as many communities as we can. So that's really how I heard about uh, the Giants was through the Giants Community Fund, because um, as I was growing up, I really became I think I touched on this earlier, you know, public service is really important to me. So Working in the nonprofit space is something that I want to continue to do. And so I love sports. I love the sports industry. I love to work with them. But I have the opportunity to work with Giants Community Fund because I love working in nonprofits and being able to give back to that community. And so I actually started in 2019 uh, with the Giants Community Fund uh, working in their Junior Giants program, which was a really awesome program. Um, I was the ambassador for the Patterson League, which was amazing because I was already in Patterson. And so I started off in 2019 as an ambassador. In 2020, um, I grew as an associate. So it was a little bit more responsibility than an ambassador, but a very similar running the league, running a lot of the programs. And in 2021, I had the opportunity to be promoted to a regional for Spanish inclusion. And at that point, you know, I, we talked about it earlier, you know, Spanish is something, you know, my culture, my background is something that is really important to me. So being able to be in this space as a Spanish speaker in the sports industry and in the nonprofit space and being able to translate and communicate with families who wouldn't know about our resources or the opportunities that we have for our communities is so important to me. And so I was one of the first ones to be in that role. That role was completely new that year in 2021. And it, it really came about because of how passionate I was about creating uh, that inclusivity space for our Spanish speaking families that we serve in programs. And so in 2021, I had that role, I, I really took a big lead on that translating a lot of our documents that wouldn't have been translated else. Otherwise, a lot of our videos, a lot of our graphics, all that good stuff, we were able to translate that over. Um, and in 2022, I actually had the opportunity to now get my own region. So I was now uh, the regional for the San Francisco and Northern uh, California region. And so that really focused on uh, getting our nonprofit programs out in the San Francisco community up to Napa. And my region also covered some of Oregon as well. Uh, and so I really had a chance to work all over the place in these regions. And really, uh, my role there has been able to give that backbone support to all of our local partners, local agencies that help us bring those programs to life. And really the Juju Giants program is a baseball and softball program. It's an eight week program during the summertime, uh, but it really focuses a lot on character development, uh, right? Teaching the kids about education, you know, how to strike out bullying, a lot of those fun aspects to sports that you wouldn't normally get. And it's a completely free program. We give kids uh, their own equipment, their own uniforms. We give them everything so that they could have a blast with us during the summertime. And that's really what our program is all about. Um, and then uh, this year, I actually have the opportunity to be uh, the talent acquisition associate. So now I am recruiting for a lot of these roles that I was previously in. So that's a full circle moment for me to be able to, you know, go and um, talk to a lot of individuals who are interested in working in sports 
or in the nonprofit space and being able to share my story uh, because, you know, I really started as an ambassador all the way to a regional and being able to encourage them and teaching them how uh, to get involved with us and the Giants and the Giants community. And so, um, yeah, a lot of my role now is just recruiting for a lot of the roles that we have open for the summer programs, as well as uh, building those partnerships and communities. I mentioned we serve a really, really large part of Northern California. Oregon and Nevada. And so I really reach out to large institutions, large organizations who are interested about, you know, learning more about our programs, learning more about the Giants, learning more about the Giants Community Fund and seeing how we can create that sort of partnership so that we can support them uh, in growing and then they could support us in growing our program as well. And so that's something that it's it's been a long journey for me here at the Giants, but it's been amazing to be able uh, to grow in different areas and really brought in my knowledge in the business sphere as well. Well, I'm glad they offer that. Uh, you know, it's always really nice when you can mix sports with, you know, like education and with character development, because there really is a lot of that in sports, but you just need to have the the right program. So I'm glad that that's what's going on. Uh, around here, around the 209, I know you mentioned in Patterson, you have one program. Is there an, like other cities here that also offer them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have some in Tracy, we have one in Modesto. So we have a lot of programs that we serve here uh, in the Central Valley, especially. So it's really amazing to be able to see a lot of, you know, what the Bay Area, the San Francisco team brings here to the Valley. So yeah, we have a lot of amazing programs here in the Valley as well. Okay, that's great. Because I mean, as you probably know, right, there's a lot of fans here as well. So I'm sure that they, (laughs) they would want to you know, be involved in that and, you know, get the word out. Um, but if people want to find where those programs are at, what's the website that they could like visit? Yeah, they could go to the giantscommunityfund.com. I think that'd be the best way to learn about those free programs that we have. We have, you know, some happening in the spring, some happening in the fall, oftentimes as well. But our biggest one is our summer uh, junior giants program. Cool. Well, everyone knows now, check them yeah. out, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, help them continue to grow across the 209 and beyond too. I mean, if they want to keep going, I know they probably can't get to LA because that's already taken over there, but (laughs) but I'm sure they could keep on going maybe up until maybe Fresno. I'm I'm assuming right beyond that. It's probably like they want to claim it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Of course. Well, Karen, anything that I didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Um, I think that was it. I mean, I've had a blast. I know we covered a lot of, you know, my education and uh, professional background. But, you know, overall, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to kind of share, you know, what I know now, but really want to everybody, anybody who's listening, you know, feel free to reach out to me, you know, I'm a great resource. If you have any questions, or if there's anything that I can do to really ever support you, I am so passionate about especially helping those first generation students get through college and into their career space. So, you know, like I mentioned, I've had experience in nonprofits. I had experience in government and business by working at Amazon. Uh, if they want to go to grad school, you know, let me know. You know, I am a full on open, open book, full resources here. And I'm able, I would love to set up a call with anybody who's interested in, you know, how I can best support you and get you to, you know, to get you to your path and reach your goals as well. That's really awesome. Winning more people like that. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> glad that, you know, you you are um, like that. But uh, I do actually have one more thing. I I was just kidding earlier, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of the future, you know, do you have any like career goals in mind? Uh, what, what, where do you visualize yourself in like, say, the next like 10, 15 years? 
Yeah, that is a great question. <laughs> I, I think that's the golden question right there. I think, yeah. you know, when I came back from DC, everybody was like, well, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I don't know yet. And then I graduated high school. I mean, graduated college and everybody was like, what are you going to do now? And I was like, give me a few months to figure it out. And then I came back from Harvard and everybody was like, you have to know what you're doing now. And the honest question is, I am still trying to figure that out. I think with everything that I've been able to experience, I think it's a lot to take in. And it's just like, how can I just pick one route and just go that way the rest of my life? You know, I think there's so many things that I want to do uh, in life and, you know, so many things I still want to experience. But I think Overall, in 10 to 15 years, I do hope that I am still working in the nonprofit space. Uh, and I want to be able to get out there on an international level. Uh, mm -hmm. I really have a dream to be able to help those abroad, uh, especially in Mexico. I think that is a space that I really want to try and grow in more. And being able to help those very similar students who are facing very similar challenges that my own parents did, right? My parents migrated here to the United States when they were a very young age and you know, they risked it all. And that's a story that you hear a lot here in the Central Valley, you know, very, very similar stories of, you know, parents sacrificing everything for their children. And, you know, my parents are the perfect example of, you know, they risked it all for us. And I think I want to be able to continue to help those families who, you know, are across those borders, who are abroad all over the world. And, you know, in some way or some nature, I just want to be able to help give back to those and whatever that way looks like. So I think 10 to 15 years, I really do see myself still working in the nonprofit space. I need to zone in on one specific nonprofit <laughs> and one specific because, of you know, you see now there's so much going on in the world and there's so many spaces that you could just help out, you know, mm -hmm. humanitarian crisis, immigration crisis, water uh, scarcity, you know, there's just so much going on and so much you could help out. So I really need to pick one and own that one and then just go that way. But I'm still really just trying to kind of figure everything out, especially with everything that I've had the opportunity to do so far in my life. I think at a young age, you know, not a lot of people get to experience a lot, especially because they have other major responsibilities or financial restrictions that really don't give them the opportunity to do that. So still trying to figure that out. But I'm hoping, you know, it's it's a big turnout at the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have a lot of great experience. And, you know, I think, you know, sometimes years go on. And sometimes, you know, you could still kind of change paths. You know, I've known a lot of people that they had one path, and then a great opportunity came around, and you end up going in a different direction, because you find that there's something else that, you know, is also great. So great. Well, yeah. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been really inspirational just hearing your story. And hopefully, you know, everyone hearing gets inspired to fill out that application. It doesn't matter where they're applying to, whatever it might be. But uh, I hope everyone gets the, the message in this episode and, and knows that hey, you, the sky's the limit and you could be there. You just have to, you know, put the effort into attempting to be there. <laughs> That's right. Yes. The sky is the limit. You know, reach for the stars, reach for the universe, reach for anything, you know, I think that's really what it's all about. But yeah, thank you so much for giving me the platform to share my story. It's been so amazing. And I can't wait uh, to hear everybody else's stories after mine as well. I know you have some incredible people come on to the show. So I'm just really excited to continue to see your work uh, grow as well. Well, once again, thank you so much to Karen Garcia for being on the podcast tonight. Yeah, another inspirational story here on the podcast. And I think for everyone listening, we mentioned it a couple of times in the show already, but 
you could be inspired to do anything you want in life. And it really doesn't matter where you come from. You can be there. You can experience things. And Karen actually, you know, took the initiative to actually apply to places, to be able to be in those places. And it worked out. I think it just goes to show that we could do anything we put our focus on in life. And being from a smaller town doesn't matter. You're only putting your town in the map is what I like to say. And uh, in fact, if you're from a smaller town, you're leading the way. People are looking at you as a role model, as we talked about earlier. And, you know, it, it makes me really happy to be able to see people here in the 209 coming from these small towns because I grew up in a small town, like I mentioned earlier in Wesley. And it's really great to see them reach their goals and go beyond that. And, you know, she is one of those examples of many, which I hope to also have here on the podcast uh, to be able to highlight all the small towns and what their people are doing now and be able to serve as an inspiration to people here listening in the area. And again, people listening outside of the area, because I think that it doesn't matter where you come from, you can make it. I want to give a shout out to everyone who has followed the 209 Journey Instagram page, by the way, because I mean, it's so amazing. We passed the 200 follower mark. We're now at 203 followers. And it seems like every episode we post, we gain more followers. And I greatly appreciate that. It really means a lot. And if it's your first time listening, uh, my goal is to actually get to 500 followers at the end of the year. So I'd really appreciate if you share the page with your friends, because I am going to be doing some spontaneous live shows wherever I'm at in the 209, especially if there's an event going on. I'll hop on Instagram, do a live show there. So y'all can feel free to interact with those live shows. Leave your comments. I'll give you all shout outs on there. Uh, I really want to grow that page because uh, Instagram, in my opinion, is probably one of the more popular applications uh, around this time. And it's been just phenomenal. I've gotten a lot of listens via Instagram. So really appreciate everyone who follows the page, comments on the different episode posts that I do on there. and also shares the page on their stories, the links that we have to the pod link page that has all the different apps we're on. Really awesome stuff. And I'm seeing it in my listener numbers. And, you know, it means a lot to me. I started this project two years ago, and I know that 2023 is going to be the year in which the podcast just grows more than it has in the past year. And uh, I have weekly schedules being posted. This one was posted today, Thursday. And as I've mentioned in the past, uh, my new weekly schedule is new episodes every Thursday morning. When you wake up, the episode will already be there. Unless, of course, maybe you work nights, then <laughs> it might be a little different. But my goal is actually to have the podcast uh, posted in the early hours, maybe three, four in the morning already. So if you're going to work really early or if you're maybe going to the gym really early, then hats off to you because it's really tough to do that. <laughs> then you already have an episode uh, to listen to. And if you're subscribed to the show on any of the applications, you might even be notified as well. So um, the, another perk of uh, subscribing to the show or following the show on there. And speaking of subscribing, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I would greatly appreciate if you hopped on YouTube search for the 209 journey or go on the social media pages like on Facebook and you'll find a link to one of the videos on there and hit the subscribe button on there. 
I know I just recently started it. Doesn't have that many subscribers quite yet. It's really not even double digits as I record this right now. But I do have more plans beyond just reposting the episodes that happen on this podcast. I want to do video shows highlighting different things in the 209. I want to do live shows as well. I want to do uh, interviews in the future. Might even be not just audio, but also a video portion on there. So I have lots of plans for that page. And if you subscribe, it'll mean a lot to me because I want to grow that page and continue to do more content on there and especially do those videos that are going to be highlighting uh, the different businesses here in town because there's a lot of interesting ones out there and there's a lot of ones that maybe you haven't heard of and maybe if you're coming out of town and you're uh, passing by the 209 you can check out so i really want to make sure that that platform can also highlight them again as well as uh, things that you could do here in the 209 and some of the different events that we do so thank you so much to everyone for tuning in tonight be on the lookout next thursday for the next episode episode 26 but for now have a great day or night whenever you might be listening to this and i'll see you next week here on the 209 journey podcast